Welcome to Listening Space. Join Cornelia and her guests and learn how to improve your life and relationships. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Listening Space podcast. I am Cornelia and your host, and I'm here to help with life and mindset hacks to help you live and love your life to the fullest. I talk about mental health, emotional and also spiritual well-being, and I love sharing practical tips and mindset hacks. I also love to provide you with some food for thought, and sometimes I have some special guests on here. So yeah, I'm excited to share today's episode with you guys, and I hope you find it useful and enjoy it. First of all, please excuse my voice today. It might sound funny at some stage, but I'm drinking a lot of water in between, so hopefully that helps and you won't notice a big difference. <laughs> I have been singing a lot and very loudly recently and also very wrongly and my voice is just not used to it so I had almost no voice yesterday it's a bit better today and the reason why is because in Cork we just had a long weekend because Monday was a bank holiday weekend and it's also happened to be the famous Cork Jazz Festival weekend which means there was a lot of stuff going on in Cork City including many live music gigs and events and just a lot of stuff throughout the night was going on basically and it is a big thing here in Cork especially since we can finally socialize and do stuff like that again so the bank holiday weekend has been very eventful throughout the day and the night and <laughs> I for myself participated in the Cork Jazz Festival <laughs> um, basically went out and enjoyed the atmosphere and seeing people and yeah I just really enjoyed being out in the city for a night and the place that we stayed at had a band playing so the live music was really good and really really loud which meant I kept just singing and roaring along with the band and it was just great. <laughs> One may think that drinks participated in the current voice fluctuation that I have <laughs> But I actually was only drinking some zero Heineken, which means I drank a beer without alcohol in it. <laughs> I don't mind, to be honest. I like the fact that it looks like I'm drinking, but I'm actually not. In Ireland, there is a funny thing going on when you tell people you're not drinking. They either expect you to be driving and bringing others home like that you are basically the taxi driver for the night um, or they think you're a complete weirdo when you don't drink or don't drink on a night out in my case the first is often the case anyway and if I don't drop off my friends at home I just drive home for myself 
You see, I live in the country and a taxi would cost a lot of money. And it's not always that easy to find a taxi these days as well. So, I mean, I don't, spend, I don't mind spending money if I think it's really worth it and support local business and taxi drivers, especially since last year and everything that has been going on. But the funny thing is, when you drink alcohol-free drinks, it's like I'm tricking my brain, right? And some sort of placebo effect happens. That is particularly funny when you have the moments of clarity, knowing, oh, oh, oh yeah, I'm actually not drinking. You know, I'm fine, I'm not drunk. <laughs> but what I also enjoy a lot is observing people. <laughs> and that works better when I don't drink. <laughs> it's almost like a field research for me. But if anyone of you ever goes out with me, don't be freaked out. I only like to observe strangers, really. So in general, it's just people watch or people's watching or people observing. It's just it's a fun thing to do. It kind of is more fun when you're sober. And it's not like that I stopped drinking. Not at all. I just didn't drink this time. But my voice is still gone. And it was fun, right? It was quite fun. And there was a lot of dancing and a good boss going on. And we stayed, you know, in a little small Irish pub. And it wasn't too full. It was quite full, but not too full for obvious reasons. And everybody seemed to be in a really good mood. And the band was really good. So there was just really kind of good atmosphere and energy going on there. And it's really nice to just get out like that and enjoy socializing. It's not as common anymore or not for me anyway. Probably my first night out as such where I would have gone out to actually go out, right? And my my voice is not used to it anymore. So there we go. Yeah, well, singing, right? When the music is so loud, it is really easy to just sing along and roar <laughs> along. <laughs> I mean, I would like to call it singing, but I don't have a singing voice at all. It's kind of like a mixture of singing and screaming, right? So the roaring and... That is actually something that feels really good sometimes. Like, I mean, have you ever actually done that? Like just roar around with with a band or when there is a song on. Like just roar and sing along to songs you love, basically. Like, have you ever done that? Like properly. I mean, it has some really releasing and relaxing effects, actually. So when there's, for example, a song that has a meaning to you as well, or maybe not, but it's just a good song, it feels even better just to sing along and sing out whatever you feel. <laughs> Is that the right term? Especially when you struggle with releasing something or emotions or whatever. Try it out when nobody's home. Turn on your mu music or headphones and sing like there is no tomorrow. <laughs> I promise it feels good. If you have immediate neighbors, that might be funny or maybe not so ideal. But I'm sure 
there's a way somehow where you could try it. It works really well in a car too. Could look funny to others when they just see you singing your heart and soul out in the car. <laughs> but you really can't care about that. Um, yeah, funny, funny, fun fact, right? So try it out. Anyway, <laughs> this episode is actually about triggers. <laughs> not about singing, not about a night out or drinking or anything like that. So triggers what a trigger is, what to do when you feel triggered and how to manage it. Knowing how to manage them, the triggers, is is definitely a life hack, right? And I think you and everybody else should really look into it at some stage in your life. I hope you maybe did already. Like, it is really a life hack. And I try to only really share like really good practical stuff here anyway so I really hope that this episode is something for you and if not that's okay too so triggers right triggers what is a trigger a trigger can be you know something like a topic a theme a memory a person a comment or any sort of smell or sensation something right anything at all that might have been said to you or brought up and it triggers an emotional reaction within you right and in this context it is about negative emotions emotions let's say like it's something uncomfortable something comes up for you doesn't feel right you're very annoyed frustrated whatever you have an emotional reaction to something that has been said or done right So it is something or someone that triggers an emotional reaction within you. It is that feeling when you just want to react and defend yourself or scream or get upset or it takes maybe one word or sentence to just get you into that angry rage or maybe you feel upset about something. I give you an example, right? Let's say it triggers you that a family member is always criticizing you. They keep nagging and criticizing something about you or your life and it doesn't feel nice. It triggers you, it annoys you. Especially because it keeps repeating. Whenever that topic comes up, you end up fighting with each other, let's say, right? So whenever the family member brings up a certain topic that they start to give out about, You start maybe fighting and everything just goes like really bad and sour and it keeps happening, right? So let's say that keeps happening every time you see that family member. Eventually you always start ending up fighting about that topic or that conversation. So you start dreading the next visit already, right? Because you already know they might bring it up again and the circle repeats and it's the same all over again and you always end up fighting about this topic or this thing, or you're just sick of being criticized all the time, and it always ends up in a fight, right? Sometimes triggers are also in relation to a past trauma or a bad experience. So another example would be, for example, that you got hurt in a relationship. Let's say that happened in a past relationship, right? So your past partner used to say or do something that you associated with a lot of pain, let's say. 
So whenever your new partner now says or does something similar, part of you gets like really uneasy, if not triggered and stressed out and upset without any apparent reason. Because what you have learned in the past is that this particular action or thing that your now new partner does means that it will end in pain and hurt, right? Because you have to learn that in a previous relationship. And once again, the repeating part here is important. So let's say the past partner repeatedly did that thing to you, right? Or did something that just hurt you so much for a couple of times. That's when you learn, right? So you learn, oh, okay, if that's happening again, right? It will be the same way again. So could be in regards of cheating, right? You find out your previous partner repeatedly cheated on you. So especially when he was on a night out, let's say. So you're now in a new relationship and your new partner would like to go out on on her own or his own as well and have a night out, right? So that might be the trigger for you, the night's out. Because you have learned in the past, oh, my old one, my old partner used to cheat on me whenever they were out. So this would be considered an external trigger, right? So that situation of the partner going out is the trigger for you because you feel very distressed. You feel very upset about it. You you are afraid that they're going to cheat again. You feel like they're breaking up. But in reality, they're actually just on a night out, right? Doesn't mean anything or ideally doesn't mean anything. So that event is a trigger for you because it sets off all those emotions and the emotion, the emotional reaction. So that is an example of an external trigger. And then there is as well an internal triggers. They are more based on like your memories or sensations as such, or even emotions that you have within you. So for example, when you just think about something that has been triggering in the past to you and you just think about that memory that can maybe trigger you once again or a physical sensation, but meaning, let's say you go for a run or something and you know, a heartbeat goes up, you're out of breath, you're running. That's a normal kind of reaction of the body, right? Your body is just pumping blood and needs air soup all that kind of stuff that's going on when you run but maybe there has been like a past event in your life in association with running or feeling that sensation hopefully that's not the case for any of you but maybe the running in itself then right that sensation that heartbeat that goes slower because you're running that could maybe be a trigger in itself and actually trigger a memory or some sort of reaction because part of your consciousness subconsciousness associates the physical sensation that you have from you know the running with that past memory and that would be I suppose a very severe case of um, being triggered having an internal trigger so triggers can be also quite serious right so it's not just all about triggers and making fun of them and like oh yeah this and that triggered me or that person triggered me they said this or that no no it can be serious and I hope it doesn't affect any of you there's also triggers when it comes to let's say substance abuse so there's a lot it can be quite serious I just wanted to point that out because it is something that is being talked about a lot I have a feeling it sounds kind of like the term is kind of trending everybody seems to use it so I want to erase a bit of awareness in that regard as well 
the question is now, why do we even get triggered in the first place? <laughs> why do we experience it? And what is the meaning behind the triggers? Like, why do I have to go through that? And that's a really good question, right? Now, triggers as such have been helpful in the past and throughout evolution. Otherwise, I wouldn't be telling you all about it today. <laughs> Let's say a really funny example now. Let's say you learned in the past that a lion's roar means a lion is approaching and tries to eat you, right? <laughs> you will find that trigger helpful in the future, that, that sound, right? So it's the sound, the roar, roaring of the lion. You could consider the roar in itself as a trigger, right? So it gives your body the notification, let's say, hey, it's time to run. Triggered, we hear the lion, we have to go. Maybe that's actually a bad example because I actually think lions don't really make a noise when they're hunting and trying to eat you. So, but hopefully you got the idea. So the lion's roar, the sound of it, was a helpful trigger in the past, let's say. So it helped us to survive and protect ourselves. And that's what's still happening today. Protection, right? When we are triggered, we become defensive, reactive, and the intention of our brain or mind is to protect ourselves. So that still applies. It might not be about survival or life-threatening survival kind of instincts and stuff like that, but it's about protecting yourself. Take the following with a pinch of salt because I'm very aware how this is not always relatable. I think it's still true. I once read somewhere that the trigger is a gift in disguise, right? So it's a there's always a gift behind the trigger. Sounds funny, right? It means that once the trigger is basically unpacked, you will find a gift behind it all. The thing now is, unpacking your trigger is not easy. When we start becoming reactive straight away and have that emotional reaction, it's kind of like protecting ourselves from what's going on underneath the surface, let's say, right? I think definitely that triggers come with their own let's say, severity level, <laughs> meaning that some triggers feel more intense than others. Actually, it's not the trigger itself that is intense. It is your emotional reaction to it. We are complex human beings with a wide range of emotions and the capacity of feeling different intensity levels of emotions. What's the trick here, right? So how to manage your triggers in the end? how to manage yourself and the reactions towards whatever triggers you and which trigger is worth looking into or not, right? So that's the next important part here. I have to say this now. I have seen people advise other people to simply avoid triggers in life. <laughs> I don't fully agree with that. Triggers are here for a reason. I do think so. And you simply cannot avoid triggers at all times. It, it's, it's impossible. This kind of goes back to conscious living and making conscious choices. The most important first step of this trigger journey <laughs> is to become aware of your trigger. So that's how it actually starts. For example, noticing 
that you become emotionally reactive and distressed, annoyed, whatever, when a certain event happens or when a person says something or says a particular thing to you, right? We often don't realize that it can be a trigger with a message behind it because we just blame the person or the event itself. I have a good example for that, actually. Road rage. <laughs> Let's say you get easily annoyed and angry when people don't move in time or when people make any other silly mistake on the road. You find yourself shouting and cursing in the car and it always happens at least, it happens at least once when you drive somewhere, right? So everybody else is a horrible driver and nobody seems to understand how fast you have to get from A to B and how to drive properly. Like everybody's just really annoying you and it's almost like they do it on purpose, right? But what about the fact that this might be a trigger for you? It's not always about the other people. It's about you and your reaction. The person making a mistake on the road is a trigger, but not the real cause of your rage. So whenever you drive, you end up shouting at someone and so on. So it's a repeating occurrence for you. Now that is your first few clues here now to recognize a trigger. So when you realize, hey, I think this is a trigger. This always happens. I'm always pissed off when someone does something like that. I seem to always shout and react so strongly when I drive. And actually, it's not really that bad. But what do I actually do next now? Right? Okay, so we have now identified the trigger. You might realize now, oh, okay, this is repeating. This is happening all the time. This is really upsetting. It's helpful to look at it from two different perspectives. So first one is what to do when you are triggered in the moment, right? When you're very reactive, what do you do then? And what to do when you're not triggered and you get a chance to think about it calmly. What's helpful is to know what to do when you feel triggered. Something really simple to do is to just breathe. Take a deep breath. I know it sounds easy, but take a moment. Calm your nervous system. Take some minutes to just breathe and just take a step back before saying or doing something that you might regret later, right? So whenever you get triggered, doesn't matter if it's the family member who says that thing again or the road rage that keeps happening or maybe it is a certain song that triggers sadness in you. Whatever it is, maybe it is a comment at work and you feel like crying, but you don't want to obviously at work. Whatever it is, breathe. Just breathe. Take a few minutes and breathe. If you can, step back, go somewhere, just take the few moments. If not, just breathe. You can breathe everywhere. Your breath follows you along, thankfully. <laughs> if it's possible, try to shift your emotional state from being triggered or so whatever you feel basically, so whatever emotion you go through from being triggered, we try to shift that into a calmer state of mind. So you are going, like that would be the ideal case scenario, trying to shift your emotional state from being triggered to a calmer state of mind, okay? 
I know, easier said than done. But it can be done. Just recollect yourself and gather your thoughts. It does become easier when you practice this, right? So when you notice the emotional reactions coming up and you keep practicing and you keep breathing and recollecting yourself first and your thoughts and everything, this will become easier with time. Once you're out of that triggering situation and you notice, okay, emotions are calming down a little bit or at least I'm able to kind of like respond, it's time for the next step. Ideally, the whole triggering kind of experience should be already over at this stage. Um, it is better to explore the following step when you're in a calm, relaxed kind of state of mind. So find some time to sit with your observation then, right? Take the time, write down what you noticed, what happened in that moment and how did you feel. Write it out, journal it, right? Or if you like to talk it out, talk it out. This will help you recognize patterns with time. One of the next few things you can do for yourself is to ask yourself the question, hmm, why did this trigger me so much? Why was I so upset or annoyed or stressed out about it? What do I notice here? And simply explore and see what comes up, right? If you are at this stage, if you're aware of your trigger or a triggering, reoccurring situation or person, whatever it is, and you get to this stage where you can sit down and ask yourself the questions, right? That's really good. Fair play. And if you're not there yet, and if you don't even know your triggers yet, don't worry. That's okay too. You'll get there. I advise to be as honest as possible with yourself in general, right? Because... It will be a challenging experience at times. If you find this challenging or you don't want to sit actually down with it on your own, it's like too challenging and you just don't want to like kind of look into it, then I highly recommend talking to someone about it, right? That is a really helpful thing to do, especially when you notice a repeating pattern of yourself when it comes to how you react to it, right? Do you always end up screaming at someone or shouting at someone? Do you always end up, I don't know, stress eating? Do you always end up getting a drink because you feel triggered? Or do you end up fighting with someone the whole time, right? When you notice that, it's worth looking into it. Last year, I actually ran a program called Trigger and Release which was dedicated to triggers and how to identify them, manage them and even fully release them if possible. And depending on the nature of your triggers, some might really won't bother you at all after a while and a bit of soul searching. And some of them just need a lot of compassion and practice and patience to learn to manage them and handle them better. So that is completely normal as well. So when you are on that journey of looking into the triggers, don't be disencouraged. Everybody has a different experience and has different triggers. Some of them might be really easy to manage. Some of them take a lot more out of you. Both is okay. Always make sure that you look after yourself in between. You add a bit of self-care. You, you take the time that you need, a break if you need it. 
especially when it's a more challenging kind of task for you to kind of log into the, the triggers. Make sure you mind yourself throughout that process, okay? It will be so worth it. And becoming aware of triggers and what they are for you is in general really helpful and important because it will give you oh, so many insights about yourself, about others. You get to learn more about yourself. I think you pretty much as well emotionally mature from, from that kind of journey. And it will also give you the option to choose. Do I want to continue a life like that and deal with the same upsetting or distressing events or people and patterns in my life? Keep going and be upset and all that kind of stuff forever and ever. Or do I want to look into it, see what's behind it all and learn more about it? Learn more about, learn more about myself, right? You have the option, you can choose. And if you didn't know that, now you know. So there's no excuses anymore. When you look into it and start to understand it better and sometimes even just notice it and observe it, right? It already really, really helps. It really improves your life straight away. It it has so many benefits. It, it's really, it's really a life hack. And I actually, before I wrap, wrap up this episode, want to give you a personal example as well of how this could look like when you do the work, right? Here is a trigger example from my own life that I have worked through. I'm still working through it sometimes, but I find it now very easy to handle, like that particular trigger. And sometimes I still get annoyed, to be honest, but overall it's way better than it used to be. What triggered me was when people were late. (laughs) Oh my God. So basically when someone was late to a meeting, or just a meetup, right? Or late to an appointment, or even clients when they didn't show up in time for the session, whatever it was. Basically, when I was being left waiting, that was that, or is, I suppose, still a trigger. I just manage it now way better, so I don't really call it trigger anymore, but it is definitely a trigger. And. <laughs> It triggered me so much so that I got really sour and annoyed within minutes, right? So five minutes late and I was already upset or annoyed, whatever. So by the time the person actually arrived or showed up, I was so caught up in being annoyed that I couldn't actually enjoy the meetup or whatever was going on. And I just started to build up resentment towards the person. Yeah, it's pretty bad when I think about it now. (laughs) Not only did I find it rude and disrespectful that I was being left waiting, but I also found it just so irritating and frustrating, right? So it was just very triggering for me. And at the time, I didn't know why, right? So I didn't even consider this as a trigger as such at the time because I wasn't even aware of what a trigger really is or that this is actually a trigger in itself. I just knew that I hated it when people left me waiting and that was all. I wasn't pleasant to deal with when that happened, right? So when you met me and you would have been late, I wasn't probably too pleasant. Not that I would have said anything because I wouldn't tell you. (laughs) I just kept it to myself, fuming and annoyed but didn't necessarily, it didn't improve necessarily the, the, the situation or anything about it, right? 
people may notice that I wasn't happy or bubbly or whatever, but that was it. Eventually brought it up, yeah, I brought it up with people in my life where it was a particular kind of thing and where it kept happening all the time because I obviously got triggered all the time. So I didn't really enjoy that. <laughs> um, in the end, I didn't realize why it bothered me so much. I took it way too personal, but I learned that it wasn't personal at all in the end, right? There was a few other insights as well that I had in regards of it, but it would take too long now if I got into it fully. But long story short, I took a lot of things very, way too, way too personal, and I just thought at the time that it's almost like people do it on purpose, you know, and that it was very telling how they maybe felt about me only like five minutes for five minutes and I would have perceived it like that right which is obviously not really healthy or great at all <laughs> in the end thankfully I learned how to manage myself and the emotions when someone was late and eventually my brain then as well realized okay first of all not a big deal and with all the work behind it you know I realized a couple of things and it got way better then so another important thing to mention here is that it helped me to learn how to communicate boundaries. That was important in that journey as well and very helpful. So when it bothers me too much that someone is consistently late, then I know now how to set boundaries and communicate it to them, right? And I also know now how to manage my own emotions. But at this stage now, I'm actually not feeling any emotions anymore when someone is late I can just see it for what it is I can see and recognize it for the fact that maybe there is traffic and someone got stuck in and has been delayed or maybe they just lost sense of time all that kind of stuff so that came with that process I learned you know since this is not about me it's not personal and that helped that really helped my emotions didn't come up as much anymore if at all and I barely have to manage myself now or I barely have to manage the situation when someone is late because like I really don't care anymore <laughs> I mean I do care to a certain degree but I hope that makes sense so I also learned to be more compassionate because who knows why they came late right the person what happened you know what happened in the first place maybe there's a good excuse for it so before I get annoyed, I might just give them a chance first to let it to let them explain the situation as well. And overall, as you can already guess, it just made my life a lot easier and way less frustrating and upset and annoyed and whatever I felt. <laughs> especially, especially in Ireland. <laughs> I learned that in Ireland, right? Because in Ireland, people are late all the time. Like everybody's late here all the time or most of the time it's quite it's a very common theme here <laughs> perfect perfect way for me to learn more about it and look into it because otherwise I would be so frustrated imagine so this is a very good example of a trigger and why it is quite beneficial to look into it and learn how to manage yourself right it's not just about the trigger itself and the reason behind it, but it's also, do I want to be upset or frustrated or not all the time? No. So learn to manage myself in that regard. I learned to manage emotions, if that makes sense. And 
then the rest follows. You you start to realize, oh, this might happen because of this or that, or that's why I feel that way or whatever. I and mean, if you don't get to that conclusion on your own, you can talk to someone about it or do a couple of things that I mentioned earlier, right? It makes your life so much easier, really. So much easier. And it is just nicer to not emotionally react as much but rather be able to stay calm and relax and then communicate and just see what's happening in the first place, right? So I highly recommend to look into your triggers or triggers in general and how to manage them and how to manage your emotional reactions as well. It makes life so much easier, more blissful, less stressful, less annoying, less upsetting. And we do have the choices to change our life to the better, right? I hope you realize that you do have the choice. You don't have to stay triggered. You don't have to be triggered all the time. You don't have to feel miserable. You can change all of that. You can change a lot of that, actually. Not all of that, maybe, but a lot of it. And by starting to learn more about yourself and manage your own emotions and stuff like that, triggers, it is a life hack. If you want a good life, a happy life, there you go. Start looking into it. I mentioned it before. It is easier said than done. I'm aware of that. But it is very worth it. It might be an annoying journey sometimes. It might be uncomfortable. But it is worth it. If your own happiness is important to you in life. And if you're eager to have like an overall healthy life. Emotional health. Mental health. All that kind of stuff. Go for it. And I hope that this episode helped a little bit with the understanding of triggers, getting different insights about them, different perspectives, because I probably explained it in a different way compared to many others. Hopefully that resonated with you. And if you have any questions, as always, feel free to reach out, email me, social media, whatever suits you. No problem at all. As always, I love to hear from you and thank you very much as well. And again, thank you very much for everybody or to everybody who reached out to me in the meantime and shared their thoughts and feedback with me. I really love and appreciate it as always. And if you find this episode helpful, feel free to share it and so on. The usual jazz, ha, jazz. And, um, yeah, any questions, reach out to me. No problem. You have my details as well in the episode description, my homepage and stuff like that. And I hope you may not be triggered anytime soon. And if you are, hopefully you know now what to do next. Alrighty. Thanks for listening and talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Make sure to check out listeningspaceonline.com and our social media to find more information about Cornelia and her guests. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast if you enjoyed it. Until next time.